Paul Walker learned the hard way that the thing about streetlights is the streetlights always win. Oh, this no. is oh, gosh, dude. This spoilers. It's been a long day without you, my friend. And I'll tell you all about it when I see you again. We've come along. The streetlights? Because he uh, wrecked his Porsche into a streetlight and died, Kylo. That's the joke. Mm, I, I, also had, I also Not had cool, Letty hits Hector har- harder than Paul Walker's Porsche hit that telephone <laughs> pole. This is spoilers. I nah, use take two, please. <laughs> we can use take two. But hey, everybody. It's not fun to make fun of family. This is Pappy here to review another fast and furious movie. We got a lively bunch tonight. It's a Tuesday night recording. Different energy. On a Tuesday. On a Tuesday night. A little bit of infighting before the podcast started, but we're all a family here, so I'm sure we can put that aside and talk about this movie. Um, Let's go least recent to most recent host, because Weast to East is stupid. We'll start with you, (laughs) Brett. Brett, if our pod had our own race wars, who do you think would win? And where are you recording from? Uh, It's Brett recording from Fort Wayne. Um... I mean, I don't. It wouldn't be me. I, I'm guessing. Uh, stereotypes aside, I'm going to go with Mikey because he'd come with a nas. Mm. Is this a race, or is this minorities versus? Yeah. Minorities? <laughs> oh, if it's a race war, I, I mean, I'm no, white no, 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 not I'm a losing. race war, not a race, a race wars, a very different thing. It's plural. We'll be going cars. It's up to the uh, your interpretation, I guess. I've already heard Mikey say he'd buy a station wagon and fill it the back with Nas, so he's going to win. <laughs> True. All right. Uh, next, most re- and Brett, what did you host on Three Ninjas? That was the last your last outing. Yeah, I think so. Stevie, what was your last outing? <laughs> that's Stevie driving his car. That's exactly. <laughs> that, that's my Rav for just puttering across the finish line after Mikey's already smoked me. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't know. Is that bad? Uh, I feel like I asked Josh something about tuna. Maybe maximum overdrive? That sounds right. Mm. It's been a while. Because of Australia. Did Brett pick three ninjas off of a, a maximum overdrive? No, it doesn't sound right. Because I feel like I asked something about the Brothers Gibb or ACDC. I cannot remember. We just haven't been getting to the movie game as much. But we also did in that time, Stevie... Uh, Clifford, and it's with a heavy heart that Charles Grodin <gasps> passed away today. Any thoughts on now the late Charles Grodin? Well, I mean, he played one of my favorite uncles in film history. Uh, and for that, I say thank you. That movie is as critically panned as it is, has stuck with me through my, like my entire life. And the fact that I got to pot on it while he was still alive, and maybe he listened to it, I think is really cool. So, uh, cheers, uh, Charles Grodin, and uh, R.I.P., you're the best. It was uh, Maximum Overdrive. Man, we did a lot of stuff in between. Been many, many months, but even longer, Corey, since we did Hedwig and the Angry Inch. Uh, 
I wanted to ask you, now that Big Dumb Movie has officially been accepted into the YouTube Partner Program, how is the channel going to change? Are you going to focus on Minecraft streams <laughs> and Spider-Man and Elsa videos now? Pivot? Cats. I'm going with cats. Yes! Brilliant. You really can't go it. wrong with monetized cat videos with an ad. You know, I just, personally, I love searching YouTube, finding a 10-second cat video that has a mid-roll ad. Like, I love that shit. <laughs> Cut me off at four seconds, give me an ad, then give me the rest. Corey, can I ask you something? Yes. Are you talking about live cats or Cats the Musical? <laughs> Good How question. How dare you, you son of a bitch. Well, you had me really excited because I thought you would dedicate it to Cats the Musical, not actual cats. Big cats, Joe Exotic style. Boom. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Big dumb cats coming to a YouTube channel uh, near you soon. Josh, I think you're the most recent. I don't even, like, a serious man? Has it been that long since you yeah, posted? Yeah, was it. Yeah, that's not very recent. It's been since January. I guess my question for you, Josh, is why do you hate podcasting with me so much? We have a tradition, unlike any other, where you and I do A Quiet Place 2, and you took a staunch stance that you would not be potting A Quiet Place 2 this year, and it really hurt my feelings. I was sad. Well, it hurt my feelings that usually you run the opening spoiler by me, whatever you write, and you didn't this time, and it shows. (laughs) Paul Walker learned the hard way to the thing about street lights <laughs> the street light always wins. Come on, that's cool. See, I, I would have tweaked. I would have worked with that. We would have tweaked it a bit. But what would you all, have all done? I said, what would you have done? All I said was I thought Quiet Place was like kind of an insulary story that didn't need a part two. And then we just recently found out it's actually like part prequel or something. So Jim is in it again. I don't know. We'll probably end up doing it, Pap. Don't worry. There's a pod race. pod race war one might say but last but not least the man who brett declared the winner of spoilers race wars mikey you've been on the schneid for quite a while now has it been since the the mist the rock no not the rock fifth element the schneid is nobody's concern except for my own okay and i (laughs) will take this break as long as i want to okay oh yeah it is the mist I, I, who, who's to say? Who's to say how long my schnapp has been? <laughs> well, my question for you, Mikey, is the Fast and the Furious franchise has taken us around the world now as a family. I, I'm curious, if you could go anywhere in the world right now, where would you go? Drop the podcast. You're on a plane. Where are you flying to? Anywhere in the world. My choice. Anywhere in the world. Uh, you and your white claws in tow together uh i would go to martin supermarket where uh, there's always good prices of a bitch. <laughs> good prices uh great service and great uh, chicken you can't go tenders they're great chicken fried chicken uh just excellent deli service there chocolate ice cream that's where i'd go Pat. i don't know about great service mikey they have service <laughs> i don't know about great come on controversy stevie i had a bad experience there i'm sorry i cannot let that go your service was fine. You just like took umbrage with one man's pride or something. This is a weird story. Just go ahead and it's say it. It's not a weird story. I have an issue with people that think they're above doing other people's jobs when they have a higher rank. And when you see a cashier person getting swamped and you like this person, I, I imagine he knows how to like run a checkout, open up another lane, or help this girl bag. She was scanning things and bagging at the same time, lying getting backed up, and he was just standing against the wall just whistling. I can't stand for that. I think the real question is, did you say cashier? 
Uh, sure. Cashier. He did. What's like wrong a with concierge. That? That's the Indiana pronunciation, Brett. No, that's the from? nobody. That's like the French person. <laughs> the cashier. Oh, the cashier. Hey, Stevie, that guy worked hard to not have to bag anymore. No, when no, when you have a higher title. It's your job. Like other people, I mean, ugh. yeah. Dude, I can't he's joking, making man. ten I times I, as much as anybody bagging. He doesn't need to to dirty his hands with our <laughs> disgusting groceries anymore. He's high class. He's he should a- be able to lead. I don't care if he has to sweep for five minutes or mop like <laughs> like a broken bottle. It's his job to lead. Could have been against COVID protocol for him to go over there. No, I think he was just mm-hmm. a lazy bastard that wanted to ruin my day, and I'll leave it at that. See, this is why Martins would be a great partnership with us because we're going to give it to him straight. Yeah. I was going to say, uh, we don't have the AdSense money like Big Dumb Movie has on YouTube, but now we don't have the Martin Supermarket sponsorship <laughs> anymore. So we really... We still Yikes. got Jack's. Jack's Pizza is out there. Jack's <laughs> Pizza and the Patreons. That's the only thing keeping this ship afloat. But like I said, we're here to talk about Furious 7. Josh, I guess, did you think my spoiler is in bad taste? Is it, is it Are we not allowed to make fun of dead Paul Walker on this oh, podcast? Jesus. Uh, I just really like Paul Walker. Not after this movie. Yeah, man, one death is a tragedy. Even Stalin believed that. You're like, worse than Stalin right now. (laughs) Speaking of his death, honest question. Is there some controversy as to how that happened? Like, do some people think his car was hacked or something? Brett, do you know this? Wasn't it something with, like, there was a legal action with the car, too, or something, if I remember? I, I just thought he was going, like, 120. Was he driving or was his friend driving? I think he was driving. I think mm-hmm. I I don't know if you're getting it mixed up with uh, Ryan Dunn or not, but I get those that mixed up be. a little bit. Yeah, Ryan Dunn was just drunk. Paul Walker was sober, Rest though, in peace. right? He was just driving. I think too, so. Too fast, yeah. And this was like halfway through the production. Brett, did you do you have any context beyond that video that you sent in terms of the filling of the performance? I had no idea that was. Yeah, I mean, I was doing a little bit of uh, research. Yeah, it was about halfway done. Uh, they debated whether they wanted to scrap the whole movie. Um, Jordana Brewster did not film any of her scenes until the end of the movie because she had another uh, thing she was doing. So he was already dead by then. So every scene with her is either CGI, um, a deleted scene from a different movie, or uh, body doubles like we saw in the video I sent. So it's just, yeah, I mean, they had to use body doubles. The, the one guy who played... Uh, he was kind of the, uh, Mr. He was Kurt Russell's kind of second in command. He was actually a body double as well. Basic white. And dude. then, yeah, pretty much. Uh, Kramer, I don't remember his name, but, uh, and then Paul Walker's two brothers, which neither one of them, I mean, they both look like Paul Walker, but like you put them together and they look exactly like Paul Walker. So I just, I think, like I read, they used a, uh, a Mikey word, the rotoscope. They rotoscoped everything. Am um, I imagining some Berenstein, Berenstain, Bear situation? I thought we were told it was only the last scene where they like. That's what I off. thought. No, there was a lot. I've of always believed it was the last scene. That's the Mandela effect, right? I think there was like some special or some commercial that came out. That, I think in the marketing, maybe that scene. Like Corey, can you remember? Is there a reason why we all thought that scene was the scene? Um, a lot of that scene was in the music video that came out. Uh, around the time the movie released but Hmm. i I remember the big hype for this movie like there was a lot of hype that i remember and then i was participating in (laughs) and uh you know 
I think it was pretty common knowledge in that group that, you know, a lot of Paul Walker's stuff was CGI'd in. And I think they even corrected it later after the theatrical, because what I saw looked a lot better than what I saw in theaters. But I mean, speaking of hype, this was the fastest movie to get to was a billion dollars. Was it the most dollars. furious, though? The most furious movie to get to a billion dollars ever. Um, Kylo, it's been a year since we've discussed any of these movies. Um, everyone else quit on the franchise. I'm still here <laughs> with us. Uh, could you give us some recap of the lore of the previous six movies? You did a really great job on Fast and Furious. Maybe not even getting that in depth, but just, just to set the stage. It's been a while. Yeah, I'm going to go through it a little bit. I'm going to go chronologically, okay? Mm. All right. One, The Fast and the Furious. It's Point Break. You know Point Break. Oh, yeah. Two, Too Fast, Too Furious. This is the one where Pappy had the epic rant, which is way more memorable than the movie itself. (laughs) Uh, Garbage film. Um, After that, things get kind of confusing with, like, the numbering and the naming. The next one was Fast and Furious, chronologically. They dropped the thes. Uh, let's see, Letty dies, and this is the one where we learn that Vin Diesel can recreate a crime scene with nothing but tire tracks, <laughs> yeah. like a big old muscly Sherlock Holmes. <laughs> Fast Five, that's a really good one. I believe that was preserved in spoilers history. Heist movie, this is where the family, the team, they get rich, but become like even more wanted criminals than they were in the previous movies. Family. That's the one where they have to thwart both The Rock, who's Agent Hobbs, and the Mexican cartel, which they do successfully. The last one, Fast and Furious 6, uh, this seems to be the one that I and I think a lot of people have a hard time remembering. Couldn't tell you a thing about it. (laughs) It's chaotic, so I'm going to run through some of it. Uh, This is the one with the uh, long airplane runway scene, Mm -hmm. if that rings any bells. Uh, So our heroes, the family, they're fugitives in that one. They're enlisted by Hobbs to stop Owen Shaw, who's like the first kind of comic book supervillain of the franchise. He has a team of his own. So in this case, like the, the family has kind of met their match. But here's the bullet points. Lots of explosions. Letty, not actually dead. She has amnesia. We got the big runway action set piece. Wonder Woman dies. And then Owen Shaw, the villain of the movie, seemingly also dies at the end. The last one, chronologically speaking, is actually Tokyo Drift. Let's go. Uh, 90 minutes of pure cringe, and then Han dies. <sighs> Stevie, your favorite of the franchise, Tokyo yes! Drift. Yes! I remember everything about that movie. There's no blur. Like, there's no, like, was this in that one? Was this in that one? That's the most original one they've ever done. Speaking of family, Brett, I know Snatch is a big movie in your family, uh, starring yeah. Jason Statham. How do you feel about... Deckard Shaw. He made an appearance, I believe, at the end of six. It's like a cameo mid credits, post credits scene, but he's here in a big way in this movie. What do you how do you feel about his character? I mean, I hate seeing him as a bad guy, but I thought he was awesome and he was one of my favorite parts of the movie. Uh I'm looking I kept thinking about I mean, I know he's in the other one, so I kept thinking of how he's gonna make it out of this and how is he gonna like eventually kind of join the team or whatever happens because he's like a really bad dude. Um, but yeah, I thought he was great. He's got a good intro, right? Yeah. So if you want to glimpse the future, just look behind you. I used to think that was bollocks. Now I realize 
going to outrun the past. Really good in the hospital. Like he kills all these people and it's cool seeing the doctor and nurse, like cringing and cowering in the back corner. It's pretty cool. Stevie, did you like the intro of Deckard Shaw? <sighs> you can't outrun the past, Stevie. You can't outrun the past, but I mean, I did, I'll have to admit, as much as I hate this movie, I did like the pullback of him like being in the hospital. And there's a great pullback of just like pure chaos everywhere around him. There's dead bodies everywhere. I did like that introduction. I'll give you that. Short intro. Um, and now we have to sort of establish where our heroes stand. Josh, how much did you miss the race wars? How much did I miss it? I created it. <laughs> uh, I don't know. Not that much. Um, this is where like this movie touches base in like the car world, like its roots, I guess. And if you want me to describe those roots, those roots are a lot of bikinis, thongs in slow motion, people getting hyped up and horny for cars, man, and um. In this particular scene, Letty is racing, and like Vin Diesel gives her some sort of advice. I I don't really understand it. Something about RPMs. She he win- takes her to therapy. Okay, <laughs> she wins it's the his race. Brand of therapy. She wins the race, but doesn't follow his uh, advice. So that seems to be like a breaking point, and she kind of like takes off for the cemetery. <laughs> I thought she did follow his advice. She went a little bit over the 9,000 RPMs. The best way to introduce a coma victim back into society is to overwhelm their senses and put them behind the wheel <laughs> of an extremely fast car. Okay? That's how Hector's get Surround fine. them with people <laughs> yeah. who will recognize them who they don't recognize and just hope for the best. Yeah. Yeah. She has amnesia still. Uh, I guess my question for the group is, is amnesia real? I mean, not in this movie, it isn't. I don't remember. <laughs> There's a little bit of selective memory loss going on. I mean, when, whenever I hear about amnesia, it's always in a movie like this, right? It's always like, oh, they have amnesia. They don't remember anything. But I've never met anyone with amnesia. You know, you ever like meet someone, you're like, hey, where are you from? Like, oh, I got amnesia. Don't know. Well, I don't think they know they have amnesia. Oh, okay. Just a crazy person doesn't know they're crazy. I think it's super duper rare, but it has happened to people. But for me, in my canon, Letty is taking this opportunity to be like, uh, like Vin Diesel's cool, but The Rock is right over there. Like, is this my chance to make a pass at old Dwayne? I think if you consult the, is it the DMS? Is that the medical, um, textbook or whatever it is? The, the medical reference guide that, Amnesia is real, and the only cure is to deny your husband CPR, and that seems to snap everyone. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Brittany said if I'm ever, if she's ever like dead or dying, to bring her back with love instead of CPR. And I said, you got it. <laughs> <laughs> she literally said that to me. So, speaking of love, Paul Walker, Mikey is now in a loving suburban relationship. What, what's going on with with him and Mia? He hates being a dad. He wants nothing to do with his child or his wife. He's grown bored of his suburban life. Uh, He craves bullets now. He lives for the adrenaline rush. And so he can't wait to get back uh, to work with Dom. Doesn't miss the women. 
doesn't miss the cars. He misses nope. the bullets. <laughs> Ryan in a minivan. Things have changed. He's struggling, Dom. He doesn't want me to see it, but the white picket fence is like an anchor on him. I can tell. I tried to talk to him the other night. You know what he said? He doesn't miss the girls. He doesn't miss the cars. He misses the bullets. Don't settle in. Give him time. How does nine months sound? What a fucking badass. Uh, he's... Yeah, he's dead inside. Uh, he's got... <laughs> I don't know. I don't even think he has a job. He's just, uh... A stay-at-home dad, I guess. He's just driving his kid around. They're all millionaires. Are they outlaws at this point, or were they exonerated at the end of six? They're always trying to get their name cleared at the end of each movie, besides this one. <laughs> <laughs> Is this this movie's way of kind of sort of tackling, like, a PTSD, like... You know, when people come back from Iraq, like, they miss the action or something. Or am I reading too into it? I think you're reading way too much into that, Josh. If so, then it's pretty <laughs> insensitive that he's just casually like, yeah, I want bullets. Like, what the hell are you talking about, man? Yeah, this was a commentary on soldiers coming back from the Iraq war, and the drones were a commentary on the escalation of drone warfare during the Obama administration. It's all deeply, deeply symbolic. I like that. <laughs> Who made who? Yeah, not the right movie for that. <laughs> <laughs> Stevie, your boy, The Rock, uh, from Miami, the University of Miami. What's what's he up to other than uh, calling his underlings woman at any <sighs> opportunity that he gets? I'll stay as long as I want, woman. I mean, I'm not gonna lie. It's like I have a lot of movie rules, but like The Rock should be performing the rock bottom in every single movie he's in. Uh, I know he did it in the rundown. Uh, did he do it in the other fast movies that he's been in? He did it in this one. He did it in. Well, yeah, this obviously one. he did it in this one. Um, I think this is the only one that I know. <sighs> of. If he's not doing the people's elbow, then get out of here. I don't. I mean, that's what we really need. <sighs> I, okay, people's elbow was amazing. Rock bottom. <laughs> growing up, like watching wrestling in the Attitude Era. Best. Like, I would always get super hyped when The Rock would be like getting his ass kicked for ninety eight percent of the match. Then all of a sudden, like the rock magic would just come out, and he would start rock bottoming and people's elbowing everybody in the crowd would just lose it. Um, he's pretty reserved in this movie. He's kind of just reserved for intel and sitting in a hospital bed and explaining exposition. It's really reserved when he flexes and his cast breaks off <laughs> his broken arm. <laughs> I mean, Daddy's got to yeah. go to work. Daddy's got to go to work. <laughs> Uh, fucking cast just an inconvenience you know and just flex it right off i mean quite frankly i was kind of bummed he was reserved to hospital bed intel for 90 percent of this movie but mm-hmm. yeah he's an exposition guy that's an odd choice isn't it well i mean there's a lot of odd choices in this movie quite frankly i wish that paul walker just would have died on screen oh, and shit. he had <laughs> no i'm sorry off screen I, I wish he would have died off screen and then the exposition we get from The Rock was he had a long lost brother, and we just introduce him into the fold like he's family. I think that would have cleared up a lot of issues for me. Pulling the beer fest? Yes, exactly. <laughs> Pulling the beer fest. It's like, yeah, you're different, but we're going to accept you anyway. <laughs> it would have taken three minutes. Think about how much less production they'd have to do with all those rotoscoping. Spread. That's what I'm saying. Like, just introduce yeah. long lost brother. Dad. What's going on? Daddy's got to go to work. 
Kyla, we were talking pre-pod about how we've had a director shift in the franchise. Do you notice anything in sort of these these fight sequences, particularly this first one with Jason Statham and The Rock? I I wasn't a fan of like the big rotating camera movements that happen many, many times throughout the action sequences. That is not my favorite uh, thing to see in action scenes like this. However, it's not as disorienting as it could be, right? I'm still able to basically follow along with what's happening, which is good. I don't get lost in it like I would in a, in a maybe a all CGI character fight in a lesser movie. Transformers always comes to mind. Uh, so the fight scenes aren't exactly the raid in these Fast no. and Furious movies, but they're okay. I think they're pretty good, actually. I'd say you think good. so? Yeah. Huh. What do you think, Stevie? I think these fight scenes were like cooking ribs in the microwave. It's like, yeah, like it, it'll get it done, but it's not very good. And there's a thousand like better ways to do it. I wasn't a fan of punch being thrown, cut, kick being thrown, cut. Someone gets bumped into a wall. We're going to cut again. Like the constant cutting is insane. Like I don't mind it. In the car scenes, because it's almost necessary, and it's a really good way to tell a story of what's going on. But <laughs> if you're going to do like one throwaway fight scene, cool. I guess you can get away with just cutting. It's almost like uh, Liam Neeson jumping over a gate half this movie. Hmm. Um, well, you know they have to cut so that the person could say, "All right, now it's my turn." Contractually, I get to. I, get, my I think <laughs> there's a thousand different, like, better ways to block this movie and how they go about their fights. But cutting after every single blow is extremely disorienting for me. I don't mind the cutting inside of the fight sequences as much as I don't like it. There's like three or four action sequences that are, all have Phantom Menace syndrome, right? Where we have five different people on five different mini quests. None of them are that compelling, but every time one of them gets good, we cut to another one. It's very frustrating. Like that, that's what really annoyed me. Well, I just think the camera work in general, um, it's almost like too hectic. There's a, I think when the rock does the rock bottom, the camera actually does a complete 360. Am I right? Like there's a Mm. lot of twisting and flipping, but what really got me was, they do the typical scenics that every fast movie does. Like, we're in Miami now, we're in Abu Dhabi now, wherever the huge wide, like, drone shots or helicopter shots. But this movie would not stop, like, ramping the speed, like, it's just, I don't know. It, it made me, like, in my own work, want to never do a speed ramp again. It just seemed tasteless <laughs> up to a point. <laughs> it would, like, dial it way back or something. Like, the speed, <laughs> Never mind. I don't want to be misogynistic, but the previous ones used speed, like time, to slow down like booty thong shots. This one was using speed to basically like get past shots and stuff, and I didn't like it. So you prefer the slow down booty thong shots, is what you're saying? No, that's just how the previous ones used time. Mm-hmm. But which do you, <laughs> if you had to pick? Yeah, which do you prefer? <laughs> We know. I'll I'll bail you out of that one. I'll <laughs> say, Josh. I I am curious as as the man with I think the most children that we know of on this podcast. How would you feel if your wife told Dominic Toretto that she was pregnant before she told you? Two movies in a row. She's pulling this stuff. I'd be ticked. Right. It's like you just did this last movie, Tracer. Don't lie to me again for a whole movie. <laughs> 
uh i don't know that's like a a really weird thing in this movie i don't know i tried to like not think too much about their relationship possibly because i knew that they're gonna have like a big emotional pull at the end of this movie and i don't know even though i made fun of your joke earlier i was trying to like stay away from being emotionally invested in like I don't know. If you think too much about the Paul Walker thing and that all these people were friends, it's actually kind of sad, man. Maybe he didn't tell Paul Walker in this movie she because he was dead and they didn't they wanted to limit their interactions. I mean, well, do you do you have a sense Brett, of what the original script would have entailed for Paul Walker cuz there's there's clearly this whole like setup of he needs to return to his family, right? Like that's like underlying maybe not well fleshed out and executed but do you was that the original story as you know it or? i i can't imagine i mean paul walker was kind of a uh uh his fame had kind of passed him by a little bit i guess so this i mean this is like a money train for all these guys i can't imagine he was gonna sideline yeah, i don't know but they all yeah i guess his girl wasn't part of it i don't know I, I really don't know i everything i learned about this movie i learned about tonight so i feel like it was kind of almost like a passing of the torch because now the rock is like pretty much established in this movie and jason statham is now pretty much established in this movie and they're just kicking so much more ass than dom is and paul walker is trying it's not nearly <laughs> as exciting uh, as watching The Rock or even Dom, but he's like, I don't know. It just I kind still of enjoy like, watching him. Yeah, he's still good, but I don't know. It's just so much different after they introduce these extra characters like The Rock and Jason Statham, like who are legitimate action stars and actually doing crazy, crazier stuff. Is that why it was so shocking when they like pulled the back off that trailer in their like first heist? That like Paul Walker was the one they chose to jump in there and start kicking people's ass. That's a signature move, okay? <laughs> his his ghost riding, his whip, and then jumping into another car. That's a signature yeah, move. How often is he like standing on the hood of a car while it's moving, like crouched? A lot. But Dom's yeah. the one you want in there kicking some ass, right? They don't hmm. kill us. They're the best wives in the world. <laughs> Some of you guys, Stevie, are you familiar with the the, the Asian guy? Like, uh, you watch any of his movies? Uh, Tony Fa or whatever. Tony Ja. Ja, yeah, yeah. Dude, the Protector, man, that's amazing. Okay, I saw his thing and I'm like, oh, he seems pretty famous, but I don't know any of. Yeah, like the uh, I forget I forget how to pronounce it. It's like the Unbox series. Yeah, yeah, they're absolutely incredible, and that dude is the real deal. So we, we're talking about the heist scene. What's the pretense for getting there it's do you like the god's oh, eye god. cyborg stuff mikey are you are you into that subplot i feel like they're still like always trying to find some sort of weird technology that doesn't really exist to just hand over to somebody else uh in the series uh it doesn't matter what whatever they're chasing kyle for those of us who aren't indoctrinated could you explain what kurt russell's role is from here on now and, and what does the god's eye do uh kurt russell is mr nobody <laughs> uh, that's his name i know it's like jared leto in the movie mr nobody uh, he's like vague government guy 
right? So he's clearly like the guy in charge of some government agency. I don't, if they said who, I don't know. It doesn't really matter. He's the guy that's like their military government contact that's supplying them with everything they need to do the job. Uh, the God's Eye thing, it's pretty James Bondy um, or Dark Knighty, I guess, in this case. It's some piece of technology that allows whoever has it to be able to like tap into all cameras and microphones in the world uh, full stop. Like you can just get into anything so you can really track anyone down. It's like that Shia LaBeouf movie. Eagle Eye? Uh, Eagle Eye? Yeah. Eye. Holes? Oh. Holes. <laughs> Basically, Mr. Nobody, who's Kurt Russell, he says, you and your team, you get God's eye for us, the U.S. government. We'll let you use it to find Shaw, because Shaw is, like, coming after them. He is, like, not happy about his brother getting fucking wrecked in the last movie. He killed Han. You know, he tried to kill Dom, blew his house up. So uh, it's a, it's a revenge story on that end. The thing about using it to find Shaw is, like, Shaw has found them, like, every five minutes in this movie. <laughs> just wait around and he'll find you, and then you can just fight him to death. Yeah, Shaw is his own god's eye. That's my problem, is that, we, Stevie, we fall into this pattern where there's some sort of MacGuffin. It's very Rise of the Skywalker. We gotta go to a place <sighs> to get a yeah. thing. That's gonna send us to another place to get a thing. But all this while, we sort of had these, like battle of three armies at every turn because Shaw's just going to show up and start fucking shit up and it becomes extremely repetitive yeah it becomes extremely repetitive and i feel like this movie strangely needs to lean into tropes even harder than it did like i, well, I thought the best scene in the entire movie is when paul walker's hanging off a bus and he does like that slow motion jump and letty's like back fin of her car like he grabs onto and flings him on the gravel it's like, okay, we're leaning in the tropes. This is awesome. Mr. Nobody, I think, because this series has gone way off the rails, either needs to be <laughs> Dom's long-lost dad or Paul Walker's long-lost dad. Like, Guardians you need to of lean the Galaxy 2? You, you need to <laughs> lean into those tropes so hard if you're already going to do it because this movie became really boring after a while. Go to a new place. Oh, there's... Uh, there's Jason Statham. Go to a new place. There's Jason Statham again. Go to a new place. Hey, it's Jason Statham. There's like no weight weight to this movie whatsoever. The stakes are very, very low. Even though the stakes are low, it feels like every set piece felt like it had an obligation to outdo the previous movies. And maybe that's present a little bit in 6 with the tank. But I feel like when we're jumping between buildings and Brett like cars flying out of airplanes i mean it feels like we're going way over the top do you do you enjoy those moments of just like insanity upping the ante no i'm never uh, you know me i don't i don't know these kind of action scenes don't really do it for me i'm more of a uh i mean i guess i'll say dialogue because but I mean, I'm more of a, uh, sorry, there's an animal on my front porch. Um, what kind of, wait, 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 no, this is important. What kind of animal do we have? <sighs> I think it's a raccoon. It was, it has been a fox. Dude, do, do you want to shoot it on Mike? Was it a trash panda? Do you want to shoot it on Mike? That would be excellent content. Uh, I don't think within city sorry. limits you're supposed to be doing that stuff. I, I think it's just a boring old cat. Tell that raccoon if it wanted a street fight, the street always wins and go at it. Brett. <laughs> That's a big Brett, cat, though. At, Sorry, well, um, I have a question for Brett. Action scenes aren't your thing, but there's a scene where they jump out of a 
plane and cars and get them to all face downwards and get information. And they have like a three minute conversation. Does that not like crack you up at least? No, yeah, no. And okay, I, sorry, I, I cut myself off earlier. I like action scenes, but I'm, I, I lean, I like martial arts stuff a lot more than, uh, like you guys know, I don't really like car chases, which I know is like blasphemy to some, but, um, yeah, no, but is it, am I liking it because it's cool or because, like you said, Josh, it's like hilarious. Like, <laughs> I could not freaking believe that they did the little double tail whip and pass the girl to a different car. <laughs> like of all the crazy things we saw in this movie, I thought that was the dumbest thing and like the least realistic thing. So I saw them going for it. I go, tell me they are not, she's not going to jump into the other car, but they did it. So, I mean, yeah, it's, it's, I mean, it's okay, man. I, it, <laughs> I've definitely never seen cars parachute before. So. That's uh, impressive. Speaking of the girl, Ramsey, uh, Josh, uh, from your favorite show, Game of Thrones, how did you feel about this new addition of a character to the franchise? My Sunday. I trust you. Now, why would you trust us? You barely know us. I know enough. <sighs> Ex-cop, military, something like that. The way you took out them guys shows training. Tech guy, offended by the hacker remark actually alpha mrs alpha joker wrong double alpha man candy you know what i'm saying man sit your candy ass down the whole pretense of the skydiving cars is to rescue her she's an expert hacker in case you haven't seen the movie she's a hacker i'm a hacker just like jurassic (laughs) park I, I don't know. She, I think she plays Miss Sandi from Game of Thrones. Masandi. 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 Masandi's nuts. Honestly, hate to say it, kind of treated like an object in both of those. There's mm-hmm. actually a really similar scene with her in the water with people oogling at her naked or nearly naked body in Game of Thrones and in this. In this movie, it's uh, Roman and ludicrous. Just like creeping on her. <laughs> totally. That's what they do. Ten seconds of, I would say, ten seconds of her arc is that the rest is her not. I mean, I don't see that at all, but I guess we saw different things. So it's, it's like a one, one scene it's one for sure. Scene. And that's the weird thing about it is that it is just one scene, right? And they try and like wave it away because that other guy comes up and he's like, the last time I called Dib, she put her foot on my balls or something like that. But it would be. It works a lot better if you have the female protagonist at least stand up for herself, you know what I mean, or show some assertiveness rather than it's just I mean it's just showing her sexual for showing her sexual sake, right? There's nothing else there. They had that conversation twice, I might add, including like introducing her. It's basically like I mean, I get that she's a hacker so she's smart. But, I mean, it's not good character development just to show someone with their head down typing really fast in a car like She's not doing much there, you know. But she, de- I'm just saying, she developed the technology, so she's really smart. Isn't this kind of a callback to? Didn't Gal Gadot do that in one of the movies? Yeah, she did. It was basically like the same scene. Yeah, that's, <laughs> kind of what, that's why I just figured it was a callback to that. Yeah, callback. Call at back. least the at least the idiot Josh, the idiot doesn't get her. The guy who calls dibs doesn't get her. Because if that would have been the case, then that would have been, you know, 
two points for you. You're right. And Game but- of Thrones, Wormtail is the one peeking on her, and he does get her despite having uh, no, no no worm. He's got no worm. Yeah, ironically, he has no Wormtail. Grima. <laughs> Well, before we move on to that ongoing thing in Abu Dhabi, Kyle, is there anything from Tyrese's plan that we didn't touch on? I mean, like I said, it's it's a an action sequence in multiple parts cut together, like like I've said before, the Phantom Menace style. And I'm not necessarily a fan of this, but is there anything from here that like stands out to you, especially from the ridiculous, over the top nature that is this movie? Uh, that fucking whole set piece is insanity. It's really classic Fast and Furious insanity at this point, like. There's just like crazy like technology that doesn't exist being used, right? They got like the transport bus that has like the gunners in the back, which I'm like, all right, I guess that that's cool. But then like they have this whole thing where the sides come up and they got like the bigger guns, right? It's insane. Um, I don't know. It's lots of crazy stunts, you know, lots of car crashes. It's uh, It's a lot of fun, I think. And I forgot about Tyrese in the beginning because, like, he kind of, you know, through his own cowardice, kind of doesn't go with the rest of the team to perform this heist. So he's he's gone at the beginning. But he comes back later and kind of saves Dom's ass, which obviously it was intended to be that way. But uh, I forgot about it completely. And, you know, I've seen this movie a couple of times. My big problem with this whole set piece, I mean, like, there are some ridiculous over-the-top moments. And I think when The Fast and the Furious is at its best, it's like, creatively over the top to some extent right you know to brett's point i've never seen in a movie a car parachute out of a plane i guess that's something new that we're adding to the canon that is film but at the same time (laughs) the only way that they escape the situation is dom just straight up fucking drives his car off a cliff and that's not really that interesting to me and there's no reason why that works you better put on your helmet (laughs) He's got the death proof car. Oh, yeah. They get out of the car and they're like, everyone's like, Dom, you're okay. And like, Ramsey's like bleeding in the passenger seat. Like, no one even cares. Like, what's happening to her? To be fair, the first time I saw this scene, like, randomly five years ago, and I didn't know anything about it, I was like, that's the stupidest thing I've ever seen. But like, with context of knowing that, I think Corey mentioned it's like a, a reinforced car. Like, it makes a little more sense. And if you like look when it's rolling down, he's. He was prepared for it. Like, I, you can't, I don't know if you could see, he was holding on to something. So he braced for it more than her. But yeah, I mean, it's, it's definitely dumb, but it makes a little more sense that it's, it's like a reinforced military. It, I mean, so I, I don't know. It was kind of the last ditch effort, really, because he got surrounded. And, you know, I don't think that was necessarily part of the plan, but he had his emergency plan, which was just crash this fucking car, drive off a cliff, you know. And uh, worst case scenario, we'll be able to survive. And in the Fast and the Furious universe, like the way physics and injuries work, like unless like a fucking boulder falls on someone's head, they're going to be fine. Like the, even jumping out of like cars driving like 90 miles an hour is just common play in this universe. If you roll, you're okay. You can be buried in the ground and come back and be okay, like apparently Han is. It's because they have God on their side. You guys don't understand mm, that family is more of a religious experience than anything. Right. It's got the cross. almost very little to do with cars. It's more Pap, of a, that know, was my least favorite scene in the entire movie. That whole sequence or just the, the driving off the cliff? The drive off the cliff made me so angry. Because like, what makes movies fun is, like, okay, you think A is going to happen – 
and they don't do A, but then you think B is going to happen. They don't do A, and they land on C, and usually it's like, wow, that makes sense, and I think about it, and I wasn't expecting it. Like, when he got surrounded, I was like, he's probably just going to drive off the cliff. Yeah, that's A in these movies. That's, that's mm-hmm. It's purely A, and it, I was, like, really <laughs> let down by, like, you could have done something really cool in that build-up there, and it just never happened. I was like, looking for the ejector seat or something, Stevie, but it was just like, no, more slamming into rocks. Yeah. More- Why do they never put guns on the car? It's like... <laughs> I mean, I guess you could say, like, lasers. well, you told him to put armor on the car. It's like, well, I mean, cool... But, like, you could have built something a lot cooler or done something where it's like, oh, that makes sense. And just drive off the cliff, I thought, was just clunky and very boring. I like how Mikey just wants to shoot the cliff to get out of the situation. (laughs) Why didn't they shoot the cliff? Yeah, yeah, cause an avalanche and then ride the avalanche down the mountain. (laughs) Or, like, even turn the car into a goddamn tank. And, like, you know, could have one of the guys be like, you said you wanted more armor! Woo! Like, I mean, that would have been, like, way better than just drive off cliff. Were they just at the point where they couldn't have a character come in and save the day anymore? Because it happens, like, five times in this movie where there's, like, everyone's back backs against the wall, then Tyrese comes in, or The Rock comes in, or something. Like, not necessarily a deus ex machina because you knew that they were out there, but it's just, like comes in from the side and, and saves him. I, That's the nature of family, you know? That's how it works. Deus es rock in a... That's Ooh, great. I like that, Brett. That's really good, Brett. But speaking of Abu Dhabi, we weren't speaking of Abu Dhabi at all, but we're there next now. Um, Stevie, how do you feel about the Abu Dhabi sequence? Because, I mean, I this is where I get mad, because people who defend this franchise say oh you're not supposed to think about it it's a dumb movie but like they never even ask to get the flash drive back they just immediately go into heist mode that's what i was thinking i was like why don't they at least try to ask him they have money so little in the sequence makes any fucking sense at all and not in the over the top like ken car's parachute type way like the characters are being fucking idiots type way i mean i hate this sequence personally of like the party and i mean this movie tries to be a lot of things and part of me wants to say like stop trying to do these things like they have this giant heist sequence that isn't very good it's not a very good heist sequence it's more just plain like just for laughs and to get us to a certain point with no originality and then even when you get past the heist sequence and like i said before like you know what makes movies fun is not a not b but we land on c in my brain i was thinking oh they're probably gonna drive through that building and they drove through that building. And in my brain again, I was like, oh, there's no brakes. They're probably going to drive through that building. <laughs> and they drive through the building again. Like it's a, it, This movie is I did so, not think that, so frustrating. It is exactly like jump, driving off the cliff, basically. It's the same scene. Yes, it, it's the exact mm. same scene, like wrapped with different like wrapping paper. Well, now they got a $3.4 million car to do it with. <laughs> I, I thought they were going to go full corny. I thought he was going to fishtail into the elevator and ride it down. That's what I thought was going to happen until I saw Shaw. That's better, Brett. You've you you've been hired. That's better. <laughs> I mean, yeah, all right. So this movie is stupid, yes. But Stevie, I have to disagree with you on on a a part of that. And that's I don't think the Fast and the Furious movies at this point are trying to be anything other than what they already are. 
Like, I don't think this movie's trying to be anything. It already is what it is. It's a Fast and the Furious but movie. But what is a Fast and the Furious movie? It's this. But <laughs> it's what the, is it's, it this? Is this. It's chaotic heists that usually involve a MacGuffin where there's no physics and there's very little questions asked. Like, why didn't they just ask for that? No, these guys just act. Like, I mean... Good or bad, that's what these movies are, right? Stevie, it's playing Grand Theft Auto V with all of the cheat codes on. That's what these movies are, okay? What more do you want? Like, I know I'm not the target audience for these movies at all. Like, the target audience is, like, males between the age of 12 and 16. So, I guess you could say, like, I'm asking for too much, but <laughs> it's... Eighth highest grossing movie of all time. Mm-hmm. That's that's fantastic. A lot of twelve and sixteen year olds got out of the house that day, but uh, yeah, I just a lot of this movie is oh, it's probably going to happen. Oh, it does happen, and I I find that type of like filmmaking really frustrating. Can I can I ask Mikey a question? Please go ahead, Brett. My brain is totally turned off. <laughs> <laughs> He's four claws deep in Fast Seven. <laughs> does. Vin Diesel is Vin Diesel God, or does he just turn into God when he lifts a three thousand pound car? Holy okay, shit. here here is my theory. The whole thing is not it. They're they're like a death cult. Okay, they are trying to experience <laughs> death on like the closest they can possibly get to it, and it's like point just, break. Yeah, they're just living for adrenaline. They're just trying Bullets. to get as close to death as possible as they possibly can, and. I don't know. I think God is channeling himself through Vin Diesel. And some of these <laughs> he things. wants to Honestly. hit the adrenaline too, yeah. like he loves it. Yeah, because he's doing some crazy shit. I, I'm sure this car is probably pretty light compared to most cars, but it's still a freaking car, and he's deadlifting a car. Uh, so, so Paul Walker. I looked it up. It weighs three thousand pounds. Like I was, I told Brittany, I think I go. I think it's supposed to be really light, but you know, three thousand is yeah, still pretty heavy. A lot. So, okay, Brett. I'm, it's a little heavy. Yeah. I, I'm like, I Brett, I'm so happy you said that, though, because what movie is it where he rolls over in the bus when he's handcuffed? Four. Okay, remember when I said his arm should have got torn off in that movie, and they should have put a robotic <laughs> arm on him like, yeah. with like 15 minutes left? It would have been so awesome if it was like the robotic arm lifted the car, and he didn't stomp the concrete. He punched it with a cybernetic arm. Like, That'd be cool. Would have landed way better. Stevie, you don't want to make these movies unrealistic. <laughs> no, why would I want to do that, considering time travel is probably going to be a thing in the next one? But there's, I mean, there's a line that I, I don't think that, like, we're defining clearly, or at least that, that, that bothers me and with these movies. Like, a car jumping between buildings within the context of the Fast and the Furious movies makes relative sense. I'm not upset by that. Like, someone was in Abu Dhabi or in some big skyscraper city. They saw two buildings and were like, hey, wouldn't that be visually cool to see on a big screen a spectacle of a car jumping between the buildings? It is what it is. It knows what it is. But when you have mm-hmm. a fucking super intelligent program on a GD flash drive that's also just being used in this car and the guy didn't like clear off yeah. the flash drive, he didn't, didn't notice that there was that. The, the God's eye. Like That's just fucking lazy. Like That's just like our audience is too stupid to care and they won't care. Like that's, I don't know. There's just like literally no thought into that. It's like, Oh, we just need a reason to have the spectacle. Like there's no thought into the context around the spectacle. Just like there was no thought into fucking casting Ronda Rousey. Oh God, I hate Ronda Rousey. I was wondering if you were going to transition to her with that line, (laughs) what you were saying. What what did you, Brett, what did you think about Ronda Rousey first? It sounds like we're on the same page. I guess that more of a personal vendetta or her, do you hate her in this movie? 
Oh, I mean, I, it's personal. I don't like her. Um, <laughs> I thought so. I thought uh, so. Brett's had a lot of run-ins with uh, Rhonda. <laughs> no, she's just super arrogant. Um, she's terrible. I, I mean, the acting is yeah, she has, terrible. She has and, like one line, and she does not deliver on it at all. It's like yeah, it's awful. Uh, she has like oh, two I lines. It's terrible. <laughs> okay, uh, but why is arrogant? Brett's like go to. Term for people because she doesn't yeah. think Letty's that charming of a bitch, and she says so in a monotone voice. Would you believe I knocked him out with my charm? You need that charming bitch. Have you ever seen Ron? I mean, ever listened to Ron Rousey? She's like, I just don't like her. Plus, she's a domestic abuser. Can we call her out? I mean, that's what we do on here. So, Brenner, Brett. I mean, anyway, abuse. She kicked the living crap out of her boyfriend one time and bragged about it in her book. I mean. When you're Ronda Rousey and he's a normal person, that's domestic abuse. So we should hold her to the same standard, right? Brett, did you read the book? Heck no. Is it possible you didn't don't know the whole context of it? No, I know the context. I read about it. I know the Sounds story. Like she a brags lot of about Jerno it. talk, Brett. Oh my god. Well, I'm a lot. If I'm a Jerno, I'm just I can just make whatever I want up. So I guess I am a Jerno. Anyway, um, I thought it was pretty ridiculous that uh, Letty. Beats like three probably special force type ladies, and then you know the guy's personal bodyguard at the same time. But you know whatever. Yeah, logic kind of does turn off in Abu Dhabi, doesn't it? It's just the land of uh, turbans and g-strings. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like if you have ten guys with guns as your, but they're not good enough to be your personal guard, and you're a multi-billionaire. Those are going to be some highly trained people. And Letty, who I guess just a street fighter from L.A., can beat four of them at the same time. Well, I guess two or three of them at the same time. But, I mean, but again, they... Stop ruining this shit for me, guys. <laughs> God damn you all. <laughs> well, Josh, I want to get your thoughts on the car jump. We, we have a range of it's as stupid as someone driving a car off a cliff to its at least acceptable spectacle. And, and Kylo, I, I think that you, you'd say that you like it. Right? The car between the buildings. Josh, where do you fall? My note on it was actually that it was reminiscent of 9-11. I feel like... God, what a weird fucking note, dude. That's a strange (laughs) note, bro. Dude, I just think showing like a moving vehicle entering like tall towers has been kind of like a taboo thing to show. So I was kind of surprised Mm. to see that it went there, but... Not a bad point. Man, this movie's a cartoon. Just like Ronda Rousey and like fighting and dresses just like the car going off the cliff it's just like uh, what can they don't care about what triggers the next big event just there has to be another big event and stevie do you remember like i forget if it was freaking fast one two three four five or six but we kept saying that the fast movies things just happen that was like they just happen that was one of the quotes we said Yes, they you just turn happen. your brain off, and things just happen I on screen. I can't do that, Mikey. My ADD does not allow for that. This is the perfect ADD movie. You don't have to pay attention to the plot at all. That's you just, the worst part. You ignore every time anybody's on a phone, which is like <laughs> half of the movie, and then you only listen when you hear that sweet, sweet purr of the Dodge Challenger <laughs> Dom is driving. Mikey, these movies are hell for my mental state, okay? <laughs> Happy, why'd you get so mad at me about my note? Well, I I bring up one guy wrapping his Porsche around a telephone pole, and all of a sudden I'm the bad guy, and like you're equating the spectacle of silly cartoony to like nine eleven. I don't really see the the parallel there. It's a very serious 
comparison that you're drawing. Not saying it's funny. Also, 14 years later, Josh, what the hell? I don't think anybody was thinking that. How do we talk about 9-11 so often <laughs> lately? What's it's happening? Josh, every time. Every time it's Josh. Kylo, let's get back to something we like to talk about. <laughs> Lord of the Rings and Kurt Russell's mithril underneath his suit. What What happens at the ambush where they forfeit the god's eye to... And we haven't... Okay, there's a terrorist guy? Uh, what do you know his we have we haven't even fucking talked about the terrorist guy jesus like, christ uh yeah there is a terrorist guy he's like some mercenary dude he's like the obligatory fast and furious franchise mercenary dude with hundreds of henchmen you know he's the fisherman from serenity if you guys remember him he was matthew mcconaughey's boatmate well he's the only oscar nominated actor in this whole movie i believe and kurt russell never got nominated i don't believe so overboard didn't make it Anyway, (laughs) (laughs) future spoilers pick. (laughs) Overboard's cool. But anyway, that dude, his name is uh, Jaconde, I think. He's the guy that had Ramsey, and they they thwarted him. They got her from him. Anyway, uh, they're on his shit list. But I quite like the scene, Pappy, when they finally have the god's eye. They go to take out Shaw, and, uh, you know, they find a secret location. They go in there with Kurt Russell, Mr. Nobody, and all his military troops, and he's just, like, sitting in there casual as you like, like, having dinner, like, at a little table. But he's, like, a British, like, kind of suave guy, so it's, like, slightly fancy in this, like, really shitty industrial warehouse. I like that. I'm ready to meet my maker. Are you? Who are you expecting, Terrell? Catch me off guard? Me standing here waving a white flag. You ever heard the saying, the enemy of my enemy? He's my friend. I don't have friends. I got family. Well, I got a lot of friends. Uh, But of course, the other villain shows up and they don't get to take him so easily. And uh, in the shootout, yeah, like you said, Mr. Nobody does get shot. And it seems like he's dead, I guess, for like maybe 0.1 second in your brain. And you're like, wait, that's not going to (laughs) happen. Like they just introduced this guy. He's got at least three movies. Uh, he's got some kind of body armor, but it's, like, weird-looking body armor. So, like, I guess it's some kind of, like, Fast and Furious Universe special kind of body armor, right? I hate this scene, though. Because Ooh. you, like, it's, you're like, oh, he's he has special powers. And he, like, flips down his glasses and he has some weird <laughs> night vision. And then... No, he's got Tony Stark. But tech. then he can't remember how many clips his guns have and he just stands there in the middle of the battlefield after he's out of bullets it's so dumb like use your training get some catch some cover bro he hasn't been in the field for a while (laughs) he starts blasting people though he's the best shot there he well he does a lot of practicing you know yeah his night vision glasses were cool i like that not to dig too deep into kurt russell stevie how do you feel about i know i know we already talked about him but how do you feel about his presence as a character, like now, now the family has like a guiding <laughs> force, right? Like, do you? We love Kurt Russell. He's our boy. Uh, one of the most prolific actors in the history of this podcast who we have covered. One of my all-time favorites. But do you like him as a presence in this franchise? Does he fit? Yes. And I was really bummed because it was okay. First off, Dom and him made some weird glances at each other. When, like, you thought, like, he got shot to death, and you're like, oh, no. Like, why are they giving each other these glances? And I was really hoping in the car he would be like, Dom, I never told you this, but you're my son. Like, (laughs) it would have worked. 
Um, you just want it to be Guardians of the Galaxy 2. Yes. Yes. That's all I want. It's my favorite Marvel movie. But. And he just says, I am Groot. We're family. <laughs> but, um, I mean, I like him. Like, I think, I think he's just a fun actor. Um, quite frankly, I hope with these Metal Gear Solid movies, hopefully they're going to be taking off the next five years. He gets like a standalone big boss movie. Mike, you'd understand what that means. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he would kill it in that role. But yeah, I mean, I, I, you know me, Pappy. I hate these movies and I love Kurt Russell. So take that as you will. Yeah, I like him in these movies. I think you've given most of these movies a yes by far. <sighs> I don't know if that's I know yeah if that counts as hating in these movies. But what I what I hate, Josh, is the blatant emotional manipulation that's happening with Mia and Brian when she tells Brian that she's pregnant. I know I've already come to you once for this, but do you start to feel the feels when she's like, it's a little girl? <laughs> no. How could she possibly know that? She's been pregnant for a long time and not told him. <laughs> she said nine months earlier, and then when she said that as a girl, she literally was not showing that she was pregnant. But sorry, go ahead, Josh. <laughs> I just came back that's from the true. I, didn't, I just true. didn't know what I walked in on. No, that's a really true. good point. No, that part didn't hit me in the feels. It that part was more about what you were saying earlier that she's lying by omission to the father of her baby this whole movie basically, right? What I find strange too is when they're like I know Dom wouldn't leave me like here in the DR cuz I'm pregnant, but it's like you already have a child. Why does the presence of a second child necessitate paul walker protecting you you already have well he never really loved jack you know true true we already established (laughs) that i don't like this recycled storyline of her being pregnant again a and b it's confusing like the end phone call he's calling her to tell her that he's about to do something really dangerous and he might not come home and at least he's being like honest with her but she drops that knowledge on him so that he'll be like extra careful or something. I don't know. There's, I mean, there's no point within the story for it, right? The only purpose that it serves, like I said, is to emotionally manipulate the audience. We know all of these decisions were made post-mortem of Paul Walker. So it's just setting up, you know, a bigger emotional hit at the end when we get to the Wiz Khalifa song. But Kylo, before we get to that Wiz Khalifa song, we have one last Battle in Los Angeles, full on drone warfare. Um, Kurt Russell, as he's leaving with his mithril wound, says that they're never going to stop coming for Ramsey. Um, so they need to, I guess, neutralize the God's Eye. Is that kind of the the plan here? Uh, yeah, I think so. <laughs> no one knows the plan. Okay. It is a little confusing. I admit that, right? Uh, this movie. As you guys are pointing out, a lot of it is kind of an excuse to get to the next action scene. It involves the God's Eye. We'll just leave it at that, right? So there is a big chase in L.A. Actually, maybe just another day in L.A. It's quite chaotic out here. But the family are being chased by, like, all these nameless mercenaries who got tech. They got, you know, helicopters, guns, and all that. So, I mean, there's kind of a lot going on. I guess one part that is kind of happening to the side is Dom versus Shaw. Like, they're finally having their, like, 1v1 showdown. And uh, that's going pretty well. I I think the best part of that is that someone made an edit where they have lightsabers instead of, like, (laughs) the wrenches or whatever. (laughs) It's probably the best thing to come out of that. (laughs) 
gonna be a street fight? You're goddamn right it is. Brett, did you catch what The Rock was watching on TV while this is happening, by the way? Yeah, was that, uh, I, I saw that it was Miami. Was it Miami, Florida State? Yep, him sacking the Florida State uh, quarterback. That's that dude. <laughs> but it was actually The Rock. Like The Rock is watching himself on TV. Pretty, pretty weird. Yeah, it was mediocre. Anything that wasn't mediocre for you, Brett, in the sequence? I know you love Brian and uh, <laughs> his hand-to-hand combat stuff. Does he... F- Fight? Oh yeah, he fights t- t- Tony Ja. I don't know. I thought the the too slow was pretty good, and it was pretty funny that he looks at the stairs and he's like, "Ugh!" and he has to run up them. And then, like two minutes later, he's going down them again. I thought that was pretty funny, but I don't know. The first scene was a lot better, so I didn't have a problem with it. So here, here's my thing, Stevie. See if you agree with this. Let's compare Roadhouse to this. Roadhouse had six or seven absolute pure moments of insanity in a hundred minute movie. And like from saying I'm going to fuck guys like you in prison to like tearing the guy's throat out. Those are all very distinct because of sort of the nature of the film. So much of like fall back on each other. Yeah. So much of it is lost in the noise that is this final scene. Like I can like, it's hard to even remember the rock breaking his cast. You know what I mean? It's like all of a blur of an action sequence. Yeah, and I mean, honestly, I hated the Paul Walker final fight with the too slow. Um, I feel like if you're going to have a fight like that, it needs to carry a lot of serious weight. And they do that actually really well in Roadhouse or the Raid movies like Corey mentioned earlier. If you haven't seen those people listening, please watch the Raids. They're absolutely incredible. But... To me, honestly, felt nothing with Paul Walker's fight because I was like, oh, he's probably going to make it out of this. And the way it was edited, it's just, like I said earlier, one punch, you know, cut, one kick, cut, rammed in a wall, cut. Uh, but a lot of it is just, like you said, Pap, it's lost in the noise of 30 different actors, you know, on these little side quests that really aren't that interesting. I mean, Kylo, do you reach a point of diminishing returns? Because I, I know how much you love this franchise, but like we pointed out like these individual components, like Ramsey jumping between the cars or the too slow or the rock breaking his cast. But like to me, when these are all laid bare next to each other relentlessly, I can't even really distinguish between them. I think some parts are better than others. That is uh, definitely true in the later Fast and the Furious movies with the big action set pieces. Uh, but, you know, I, I, I do like seeing The Rock show up and fucking just go ham. Like, he, uh, at some point, he drives a ambulance, like, into a drone, I think, right? So, like, <laughs> that's pretty excessive and, and funny and great, in my opinion. And then he, like, picks up a minigun, and he's just, like, going toe-to-toe with a fucking helicopter. I am the cavalry woman. <laughs> <laughs> it's so fucking good, man. And, uh, you know, the, the grenade thing, like, <laughs> that made me laugh, I remember, like, in theaters. Like, um, my experience watching it now is, I guess, a little different than the first time I saw it. When I first saw it, I was like, this is so fucking stupid that I love it. Now I'm, like, strangely, like, more invested, so I take it slightly <laughs> more seriously. It's weird. Oh, they got but, you. Uh, James Wan got you. 
<laughs> yeah, I guess I fucking I've been I've been brainwashed by him, man. But I, yeah, I, there's a lot of moments in this action scene I do like. It doesn't get as uh, annoying as like the third act of Hobbs and Shaw, but you can tell they're getting there in the franchise. <laughs> Imagine how long the third act is going to be in Fast Nine. Uh, Can't fucking wait. Two hours. Future spoilers review. But Mikey, do you want to bring us home here? What uh, the the terrorist is dispersed and Letty gets her memory back. Any any thoughts on? On those events. Well, you can't forget that Dom wall rides a helicopter and then, like, yes. dies. True, <laughs> yes. And then Letty has to use the power of well, their adrenaline god to resuscitate him uh, back <laughs> to life. Uh, he's pretty much dead, I think. And then she's like, oh, I remember all of these things, blah, blah, blah. And uh, it revives Dom. Come on, Dom! Come back! Come on, buddy! Stop! Come on! Come on! Do you stop? Bring that to him! You, you bring that to him! You bring that to him! Please! Baby, I know you're hurting right now, but I want you to listen, stay awake, and focus on me. I remember everything I remember it all it's about time (laughs) it's just all ridiculous Shaw gets locked up and then we get the beach scene which uh, gonna be honest I wasn't really paying attention too much (laughs) after (laughs) after the helicopter crash because I know that there's not much else gonna be happening I missed it. Did someone you mentioned the wall ride? Did has someone mentioned the grenade bag? No, I thought Corey mentioned that. And how unlikely that was as well. Maybe you can go over it in more detail, Brad. I didn't really get into it. He just flies off. And he's like, "Don't miss!" And then he, like, like you said, he kind of wall. He glides right under the helicopter. You think that he missed? You think that he's trying to pull? Uh, I, I don't know wherever he's trying to hit the helicopter and then he misses and you're like oh what a loser and then he goes down and rolls down but then you realize that grenade bag he's he chucked that he got that perfectly placed on the uh the helicopter and then shaw comes up with his wait shaw no hobbs comes up with his i don't know 44 magnum or whatever and just Blows him up, so that's just pretty- his like fucking Rick Grimes, like whatever. Gun. I do like that. Yeah, I think gun. it's a forty-four Magnum. It's big. It's cool huge. looking. The weird thing about the C- CPR sequence is, I think Letty says something to the effect of, "I'm gonna die if you die," right? Like that's the nature of the relationship. If you die, I die. And I'm not ready to leave this place yet. At one point in this franchise, Dom literally thought that Letty was dead and has, like, an affair with Elena. You know what I mean? Like, he moves on romantically <laughs> and doesn't, he doesn't think about killing himself even for a fucking second. And she's like, I'd die without you. Um, but you, you hit it on it, Mikey, the, the beach sequence. Josh, I've been coming to you for all the emotional hits tonight. What, <laughs> what were you thinking uh, during this last sequence as, as sort of all of the family in turn takes uh, their turn to s- stare at Paul Walker playing with his kids on the beach. Whew. 
it seemed like, uh, I don't know. Did it seem like to you, like they wanted to give each actor their turn to say goodbye? Like everyone, everyone would do this if it was as tasteful as possible, which means I need my face nodding towards Paul Walker. (laughs) I think that's kind of bullshit. Like I, Pappy, I kind of like the end montage and speech. And I think that's a fitting ending. And I don't think they needed to, like, I don't know. They're kind of, like, still pretending in the movie. They're like, Paul Walker's still alive in this universe, and he's just going to be on a beach throwing his kid up and down for all eternity. And that's not very enjoyable. But them actually giving, like, a meta nod to Paul, I think, is a little more digestible to me. 100% agree. A thousand percent agree. I think that, like, yeah, when they're showing the scenes from the previous movie, the four Paul, even on the fucking, as on the nose as you can get, Paul Walker taking one exit and Vin Diesel staying on the highway, like, fine, I'll accept it. But it's just, I don't, yeah, that beach sequence does kind of rub me the wrong way. Kylo, are you, I mean, you're notoriously not an emotional person. You haven't cried in a couple of decades, I think, at this point. Do you, do you come close at the end of Furious 7? I think I did shed a tear. Ladies and gentlemen, we oh, got God. it. It's been a long night. Uh, not this time, <laughs> but yeah, there was a time. <laughs> there was a time when I had emotions, Pappy. And uh, when I saw this in theaters, that was one of those times. I also had a flask of whiskey with me. I remember distinctly. I also remember distinctly like how into this movie the crowd was and how moved they were by this scene. Dude, this, like, 60-year-old Hispanic lady that was sitting right next to me was fucking in for this movie. And I, I remember thinking, wow. Dang. A lot of, this is really for everyone, isn't it? But I mean, I guess not now that we're doing this podcast. I realize maybe not. It is for quadrants. You know, Stevie's too smart. Kyle, I have to ask, yeah. did she get the Hispanic uh, panic when uh, it was, like, the emotional farewell at the end? There was a lot of uh, tears shed in that auditorium, sir. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I mean, I I love this ending. Like, it's I I don't ball when I watch it now, but it, you know, I I get what it's doing. It moves me. It's sad. It's you know, it's sad to think about that this dude died so young, and uh, especially for someone like me that's a fan of these movies. So I think it's a good send off, and I, I like that they just didn't kill him in the movie because I think that would be a little bit too easy. You know, they wanted to do something different, something they feel like would be better, more respectful. Does it make sense in the context of the sequels to this? Maybe not necessarily. But uh, what are you going to do? The man's fucking dead. I mean, would it have been better if they would have had him um, jettisoned from a spaceship and have him <laughs> fly heroically using the Force uh, back to back to safety? No, he's got to do light speed directly into Shaw. Yes! <laughs> he's got to hit Nos, and it takes himself out. Self-sacrifice. Dyes his hair purple. It's a one-in-a-million shot. And then the next one we can say, somehow Han has returned. What if they did it like Spock, though, where they just put Paul Walker's like dead body like in a car, like in a plane, and just have him go out of the plane with no chute? It only works because they put Spock into space. <laughs> <laughs> they just drop him out of a fucking plane, <laughs> land on someone's house. I, I really did not pay attention to like the last two minutes of this movie on the beach scene are they like okay we're we're not going to run any more jobs with 
with Paul Walker? Do they say that? Or like, what are they talking about, about Paul Walker here? I think he eventually kills himself because he hates family life so much. I think that's what we're supposed to think. <laughs> oh, he goes on a Dark. murder suicide. <laughs> oh my God. No. Okay. Mike, you no, know, definitely <laughs> joking. Sorry. Everyone's like, like Josh said, basically ogling the family, like in turn, like appreciating it. And I think what they say is like, this is where he belongs. The medium rare, but I can get like well done. It's like really dark. What you nudging me for? Close your mouth for two seconds. Just open your eyes, man. Ah! That's where he belongs. Home. Where he's always belonged. Things are gonna be different now. family with his other family not this family our family spawned a new family <laughs> stevie I'll, I'll give you the last word real quick before we go into final thoughts uh wh- you've been the biggest attractor of this movie so far what are you feeling and thinking at the end of this movie so like i'm not gonna lie like seeing paul walker like kind of do that slideshow like montage of like him through these movies actually did make me sad because I'm a huge, like, 90s, early 2000s dude, and I love Paul Walker in his early, like, teen, like, high school Varsity movie days. Varsity Blues. She's all that. He killed it in that movie. Um, he did another high school movie, too. I cannot remember what it is. Pleasantville. But, like, what's that? Pleasantville. Yes! Like, I'm a big Paul Walker guy. So, like, seeing him, like, up on the screen was like, damn, I actually really like that dude as an actor. Um... But yeah, it uh, hit me in the emotional feels just a tad bit, Pap. So I actually didn't mind like the ending at all. There you have it. Even Stevie's cold, fast and furious hating heart was slightly melted by the ending. It was. Nostalgia hit me, dude. What about you, Pap? Were you sad? I feel like maybe you making all these jokes is kind of masking something. Yeah. Let it it out, bro. Was... (laughs) Listen... (laughs) Obviously, it's sad, right? I think it's hilariously ironic that he died fast and furiously. I mean, come on, that's hilarious. He drive driving too. He died driving too fast. I mean, that's that's irony. That's the definition of irony. Now, I think I may have been sad at a time, but at, before I enjoyed these movies, I was inundated with R.I.P. Paul Walker. Oh, it's so sad. Paul Walker's dead. Like, I don't know. I I'm too much of a contrarian, honestly. Like, I don't. I don't feel anything really like like when you see <laughs> what got me was when you see his evolution through the films, right? You see him as a very young man and we know now that he's passed away. That's hard. I'll say that. Like when you see him as much as I disliked Too Fast, Too Furious or the original Fast and Furious, like, you know, seeing him knowing he's going to be gone to become this like prolific movie star and to die tragically young. Yeah, it does get me a little bit. Um, the song, I think, is very fitting, too, right? Maybe the best bop of any of these Fast and Furious movies. Brett, can you give us a few bars of the song? No. I Come on. Come on. I sang it a little bit. I was singing it five minutes ago. Trust yeah, me, what the were fans you, with those velvety are, pipes, what Brett. What were you singing earlier? still recovering from it. 
No. That's kidding me. That you, my friend. Mm. I'm a terrible singer. <laughs> no, you're not. Brett, you're a great singer. Brett, keep going. The Leonard Cohen version. Keep going. <laughs> we can resurrect him. Tell we can resurrect him. Keep it. going. When I see you again. Oh, now see the air How good. <laughs> No, no. Oh, okay, okay, okay. All right, all right, all right. He's on board. Final Please thoughts. Don't edit that without Final context. Thoughts. Final thoughts. <laughs> final thoughts. I'm waving it off. My two, uh, one final. All right, two final thoughts from me. One, bow wow. Back in this movie, that was. Let's go. Was that footage from the original Tokyo Drift? He looked very. Or was good. that no? It's not reshot. So he act. They actually like had him on set one day to shoot. Those scenes. He's not doing anything sure else. Was. <laughs> they filmed that. Same thing with them. He was filming like Mike Five, probably. So, <laughs> Sorry. oh man, my Bow Wow fans are love that joke. I just felt fifty Bow Wow diehards unsubscribe from the podcast at once. <laughs> I just felt the wind from it. Um, okay, actually, two more things. At Han's funeral, keep in mind Han, who died in a car accident, Vin Diesel peels out in his loud American sports car and like nobody else at the funeral is going to have any context on why he's doing that. It's going to be extremely inappropriate for everybody else. Like <laughs> who's mourning their dead friend. And the last one was, uh, the Corona reveal when Kurt Russell is talking about his Belgian beer and Vin Diesel says, I'm more of a Corona guy. And then Kurt Russell just pulls out a bucket of Coronas out of thin air. That's good stuff, right? Yeah. With like the Corona label facing the camera. Excellent product placement. I don't think I think Corona never paid a dime. It's weird, right? I think like, it's like a famous get some thing. money out of this thing. Yeah. Any other final thoughts uh, on this two and a half hour movie? Yeah, I remember thinking at that same funeral scene. Um, I I remember him being able to break down a crime scene from whatever movie that was five or four, and then in this movie he's got a sixth sense where he knows when a car is <laughs> creeping up. Like 500 feet away. Nobody else notices it, but he just, I'm like, man, he is a superhero. And then we find out, like, he can lift cars and stuff, so. And you know. break streets, apparently. Well, what's more inappropriate? Him taking off from that funeral in a car fast, and that's the way Han died. Or him just, like, hanging out by the casket alone, mumbling, while everyone is, like, standing back, <laughs> taking in the service. I, I don't, talking about family, family dude. <laughs> It was supposed to be a part of the family. Everyone's like, what? Speak speak up. What? I couldn't catch it from back. <laughs> They're at the funeral, and like Han's dad and his sister and his cousins are all in the second row. And a bunch of babes. And Vin Diesel's in the front row because he's his real family. <laughs> That's why, why is Han being buried in L.A.? I didn't True. understand that either. Like, oh. Family. Just figured he's been dead for a while, by the time Dom shows up and finds out that he's dead. I'm exhuming his body. <laughs> Lucas Black is in this movie briefly, right? From Tokyo Drift, Sean Boswell. 18-year-old. Yeah, he's still playing that uh, same age as he was in that movie. <laughs> that receding hairline is the star of this movie. I forgot how much you bought from America could drift or whatever he says. <laughs> I like the way you talk. I like the way you talk. That's my boy. All right, any... any- Anything else pressing that we should should discuss Pap, in our one and only time? Yeah. This series is becoming so outlandish and ridiculous. Mm. Who's one like star that hasn't been in any of these movies that you would like to see? Nicolas Cage. 
Oh, that would be good. What an answer. Brad Pitt in the Stang? That'd be so awesome. I think Uh, think you'd get Brad Pitt in there. That'd be cool. I think Jean-Claude Van Damme would work, too. Daniel Day-Lewis. That's a good one. (gasps) (laughs) Just get the whole Expendables crew in there. (laughs) I'm a Norse man. Me and my son are Norse men. would require uh, Daniel Day-Lewis to actually become a street racer in L.A. I've abandoned my car! (laughs) Nick Cage could be in the films as the ghostwriter. I drink your Corona, Eli! (laughs) (laughs) Alright, fuck this. Alright, yes or no's. I'll go first. Fuck this stupid shit. I hate all of these movies. I really do. I think five is legitimately the only one that's watchable. I don't think Tokyo Drift crosses into so bad it's good territory. Um, All of these are just pretty dog shit films, and all of them just think so little of the audience. Like I said, I... I like spectacle. I like fucking musicals that have like no basic plot, but you can't like do things like here's this flash drive. Oh, it's being used in a car now. Like that, that kind of shit doesn't make any sense. And like I said, it felt so rise of the Skywalker. Like you can find an intelligent way to build around the spectacle. Just saying that it's a dumb movie. Turn your brain off. Isn't good enough for me. I'm sorry. It's not all of it. Almost all of these movies are fucking terrible. This one's especially bad. And I think it's honestly buoyed by two things. One, it was seen, and I mean buoyed in like sort of like the critical, like reception, public perception sense. One, I think a lot of people saw this who hadn't seen other Fast and the Furious movies. I think Kylo has a great point when he says that most people's perception of what a Fast and the Furious movie is, is actually much, much worse than what they actually are, even though I'm not a fan. So if you're just going to jump in at seven, you're going to be like, yeah, that was fucking stupid, but it it wasn't the worst thing I've ever seen. So I think that gets a lot of good graces. And frankly, it's the fact that the actor died. It's the fact that Paul, Paul Walker died is giving this movie so much credit. And you see in terms of like critical response and like fan response, a huge cliff between this and eight because you don't have that goodwill anymore. And I'm, I'm hoping with the return of Justin Lin, it's a return to f- at least semi-decent watchable form for the franchise, but I'm not, I'm not optimistic. Hard no for this rest in peace, Paul Walker, this Paul or this pod is for you. We'll keep the same order. Uh, Brett. All right, Corey, this is for you. This is uh, I'll, I'll, since I'm probably gonna be the only one. I'll give it a, a soft. Yes. Uh, probably the, Probably the worst one I've seen, but I've liked ish all of them. So, and I have not seen Too Fast, Too Furious. So, um, I, I mean, it was just enough there. But I, I'm like everyone else. I, I kind of started doing something else at like 20 minutes in, and I remember just thinking, man, I just don't really care much about this plot. So, uh, but there was enough there. I actually laughed out loud a couple times. Uh, Tyrese is pretty obnoxious throughout this movie but he made me laugh once or twice um there was just enough there just enough so um i i have solidarity with kylo yeah one no one yes stevie oh this is a hard no this movie is absolutely unwatchable um (laughs) it has nowhere near the charm that tokyo drift does (laughs) or think about that sentence it's gonna die on that hill 
or even the original Fast and Furious was just was just just a stagecoach and Point Break uh, ripoff. So um, yeah, hardest of nose for this. Yeah, it, it, I mean, two things can be true. It's super sad that Paul Walker died, and it's super sad that his last film appearance was in this dog shit of a movie. So um, hardest of nose, unwatchable. This has already gotten more nose than the than Fast and Furious, and I would say this is almost even an objectively better movie than that. But Corey, what do you give Furious Seven? Well, Pappy, I'm sorry that this movie is not the masterpiece that Moulin Rouge is or other similar musicals. <laughs> Call it Moulin I Rouge hate, One. I hate Moulin Rouge. <laughs> what are you talking about? Have sorry. you tried turning your brain off, Pappy? <laughs> no. Oh wait. <laughs> Just turn my oh no Boom. Okay. problem solved. No, Let's do kidding. this podcast over while I turn my brain off and watch. You it. know I hate that argument too, Pappy, because like it reminds me of like when some like random coworker that casually watches movies, like not the way I do, like we'll talk about a movie. He'll say, "Oh, you just turn your brain off," and I just fucking hate it. it. Gets under my skin too. So I know what you mean by that phrase. Anyway, that being said, I'm going to give this movie a yes. <laughs> mm. <laughs> I do like, Pappy talked about spectacle. I do like the spectacle of the Fast and the Furious (laughs) sequels. And by that, I mean the movies four and on. And uh, each of them kind of has their own things about them that I like. Five being obviously like the way the heist is planned out and the amount of like fun that is presented in that movie. Um, With this one, I got to be honest, a lot of it's the Paul Walker send off feels. Mm -hmm. But aside from that, it's the big action scenes. There's definitely a lot of things that don't make sense. It is a Fast and the Furious sequel. It is part seven, and uh, they do start to dive into that territory in the later movies. And I agree, Pappy. I hope that that kind of gets uh, negated somewhat in the next one. We'll see. Three and a half hour movie. I don't think it will, but hey. Um, last thing I got to say to you guys, and this is before, you know, Josh, you give your yes or no here. You know, the most important thing in life will always be the people on this Skype call. Right here, oh, right now. Mm-hmm. Salute me, familia. <laughs> Family. Man, very That's true. Beautiful. Very true. Hard to argue with that sentiment. Josh, we stand at two to two. Dang, Kylo got me too yet. <laughs> one of the most, one of the most divisive <laughs> movies we've covered in a very, very long time already. Where do you stand? Oh man, Josh! Dramatic pause. This movie is really tepid, and just like <laughs> in my brain, like it's hard to take notes on it because like things just happen. So it's like your brain wants to be like, "Hey, take a quick note about how they didn't explain that they got here or whatever," but. You can't do that, and I guess you just have to turn off your brain. This movie. Oh. <laughs> um, there's a quintessential scene for me, and it's when the house blows up, and like Brian shoved against the glass, and it breaks in the van, and we get like a five or six second shot of Vin Diesel's face, just. Looking like he smelled 17,000 farts. <laughs> <laughs> and I think it's so funny how this movie sets up, out of all these actors that are in this like this huge all-star cast, this movie just 
every one of these in the series will set him up for five or six epic godlike one-liners and i'm at the point in the series now where it just it really entertains me and (laughs) i love watching these movies knowing i'm going to be talking to you guys about it afterwards and uh I don't know. I was sitting at a soft no, but I think Corey's speech went ahead and bumped me up to soft yes. Wow. I meant every word. Breaking positive, three to two. And I will say, this is like one of my least favorite preparations, I think, in the history of spoilers. Hard. I, I hate it. I, dude, I couldn't, I couldn't like process, like, I could process like the high level set pieces, but that was like. Like the bridge between them, I had I don't know I don't know why they, why they get from here to here at all. It was so hard to like I had to watch it twice. But Mikey, I think you're gonna skew positive. You tend to on these Fast and Furious movies. I gotta make it a four to two yes no ratio or a three to three yes no ratio. Right, take a drink before you decide. No, I have to preface this. Can I go pee before I give my review? I try to drink seven of these white claws in honor of Paul Walker. <laughs> yeah, go pee, go pee. It's not working. All right, I'm gonna go pee real quick. Josh, yeah. How much uh, do you wish that your girl was not killed off in the last movie, Gal? Yeah. I mean, I just think it's weird. I mean, that she kind of moved up to your number two. I feel like after the last movie, I was going to say the same thing. Pappy said, "Like, uh, what's her name? Uh, Nat- Natalie Emmanuel. She just, mm, yeah. she just like completely replaces like her and her part." Why did they have to kill her off? Do you think it was just because she's more expensive? I don't know how expensive she was back then. I, I mean, I don't... What was she even in before... I mean, Wonder Woman wasn't... This was her thing back then, right? Like, this was what she to was be, right? for yeah. before By Wonder 2015. Woman. But I don't know. I, yeah, I don't, I don't know what else she did up until Wonder Woman. So why'd they kill her off, Kylo? I mean, I don't think she had a role in the group. Like, if you're going through Fast Five and, like, Paul Walker's, like, naming off, we need a chameleon, a guy that can fit in anywhere. We need she's a tech a, guy. She's a, a, a spy from Mossad. That's, uh, that's a pretty good thing to have with you. Yeah, but they, like, lay out, they're like, we need a weapons expert or something, and that, that could have been anyone. Oh, she was in Shemesh. Doesn't she use her sexuality at a point too? Like she like yes. seduces someone and gets into makes Han jealous. I mean, that's always useful. Yeah. yeah, I'm I'm back. Okay, there were great arguments for both of it being shitty, <laughs> a shitty movie, uh, and a uh, a watchable movie. My thesis, and I'm gonna have to go with soft yes. Oh yeah! Wow, wow. I, I do think. It- like we brought up some good points. Only like one in five are the only watchable movies, uh, and Tokyo Drift is just watch with your friends and make fun of it because it's so dumb. But <laughs> seven really does not bring a lot to the table, and the plot is really really dumb. And you're kind of just like waiting to watch in between action sequences or car sequences. So. It, there's a lot of waiting in between because it is like it's like two two hours and fifteen minutes. This is a really long movie, and uh, it mm. even felt like there wasn't that much action in it. So, gotta say, pretty soft, pretty s- soft. Yes, because uh, it's just 
for the amount of time that it takes up of your entire day <laughs> and to like the amount of fun that you're having, it's it's not a very good ratio. So it's very soft, yes. The Fast and Furious franchise, excuse me, the Fast Saga continues to be overwhelmingly positive <laughs> on accurate. <laughs> way, way, way more yeses. And I've given, only given one, only one coming from me. But speaking of overwhelmingly positive, right before we get into our trivia, we have an iTunes review, boys. New iTunes review. Whoa. Yay. Um, man, this fucker's username is like the worst thing for my like dyslexia. H, this is from... H D B D H H um five stars subject hmm hmm, hmm. <laughs> so so I started listening to this pod because I needed something new to listen to uh, good reason and movie reviews are really cool I had no idea how much I would love this podcast they don't push ads and they don't beg for contributors to their Patreon. Oh, no. <clears throat> it's straight to the point and an excellent podcast. Well, HD, HBD, HH, I only have one thing to say to that. Check out patreon.com <laughs> slash sports podcast where you can re- request a-, a movie. No, that's a nice iTunes HDBDHH. Yeah. Yeah. That is cool. What a nice review to, to write, you know? That's... That's awesome. And we'll, we'll try and read all of the iTunes reviews that we get. But one thing we do on every podcast, even if we don't have iTunes reviews, is trivia. This is going to be a classic Pappy game of Farthest From, where we're going to have four rounds of Closest To, and we're going to eliminate one spoiler man per round. <laughs> Keeping the same order we've done all night, from most recent to least recent host, Brett, Stevie, Corey, Josh, Mikey. Brett. First to you, and everyone will answer this question, but what is the record high temperature in Fahrenheit recorded in Abu Dhabi? Oh, um... To the nearest tenth of a degree. I have a measurement here. I will go 137.2. Stevie. Where is Abu Dhabi? Don't answer that. It's in the Fast and the Furious. <laughs> is it in Dubai? I don't know. I would, I don't, no, those I, are two different cities. Dude. Don't know if I can say. Yeah. It's the city from the movie. There are camels. Um, what Brett say? 137.2. That's an outlandish number. Uh, let's go with 112. 112? Corey. 129. Punches his ticket to the next round automatically by going in between. Josh? Uh, I think it's just sitting right on, we're a little bit under that. 127. 127. And Mikey, last to you. Uh, 130. 130. I'm for dead, our, aren't I? For our metric friends, um, like Matt Troll, the hottest temperature recorded in Dubai is 52.7 degrees Celsius. <gasps> Which translates to 126.9 degrees Fahrenheit. Josh, you were extraordinarily close, only one tenth of a degree off. But Stevie, unfortunately, I have you as the farthest off, 14.9 degrees. Uh, Stevie, uh, Abu Dhabi is in the United Arab Emirates in the Middle East. Uh, UAE. And Dubai is another big city in the UAE. So they're the same thing. Brett, Brett, you are are up. 
According to the U.S. Air Force, a Predator system, which consists of four drones, costs how much? Oh, God. Uh, let's see, in metric tons? I'm just kidding. Um, in Celsius dollars. Oh, oh my, I have no freaking idea. Uh, four Predator drone systems? It's a it's a predator system, and then the predator system is encompassed of four drones. Come with the system. Four for one. Not a bad deal. Not a bad deal. Uh, four point one million dollars. I don't know. Four point one zero 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 zero. Okay, Corey. Uh, four point one million dollars and one cent. <laughs> four. All right. Uh, four point one. Sorry. So, okay. One zero 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 point zero one. Nice, Josh. <laughs> oh my gosh! Strategic play by Kylo. Oh, that's just. I think that's like ludicrously low. I'll say like forty million. Yeah, probably right. Forty that probably is yeah. ludicrously low. <laughs> Zero, zero, zero. We should both be and out Mikey. of this round. <laughs> yeah, I'll say like 100 million. Yeah, I'm screwed. Uncle Sam spares no expense on his Predator drone systems, which run at a cool $64 million. Josh, you are once again the closest, and Brett, you're the farthest by one penny. Yep. I'm starting to get pretty smart. Incredible. Question three. To the nearest... Half hour. How long was the longest successful session of CPR? The person performed CPR for this amount of time and the, the victim or the recipient of CPR lived, survived, went on to live a happy, normal life. To the nearest <laughs> half hour, how long was the longest successful session of CPR? Corey Kylo Ren memes. Four straight hours. Four hours. Josh? 8.5 hours, Pap. 8.5 hours, Pap. Mikey? Uh, three hours. Three? The longest. I think it was some hypothermia case. 6.5 hours. Josh, once again, wow. the natural closest. I'm getting pretty smart. Three in a row. Three in a row, excuse me. Unfortunately, Mikey, that means you remain on the schneid for at least another couple months, or at least until we do another movie game episode. But to decide who will be the host next week and what movie we will select is between Josh and Corey. According to Letterboxd, this will require math. The number of Vin Diesel movies we have done times the number of Kurt Russell movies we have done. Oh, my God. Minus the movie number of Anthony Daniels movies we have done. <laughs> Equals what? <laughs> Kurt Russell movies times Vin Diesel movies minus Anthony Daniel Dan- Daniels movies. Josh, even though you've been the natural closest three times in a row, you have hosted more recently, so we'll ask you to set the guess. No, no I don't think I have. Oh, wait, no, sorry, 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 Corey. My fault, my fault, my fault. You said according to Letterbox. Does this have to so do with le- Letterbox ratings? Letterbox is what we use to track the movie club. Um, sometimes... Uh, I don't always agree with whether they consider someone being in the movie or not in the movie. That's all I'll say. Okay. Are you counting this movie? Uh, yes. 
Yes, I'll say that. Counting this movie. Okay. I'll go there. 50? Corey guesses 50. Josh. Oh, man. I think I'm going to get you on this one, bud. Because I think it's, I think they're all closer to like ten. I, I didn't even bother to do the math. <laughs> I'm like, I, I have no idea. <laughs> what did he, What did he say? Fifty. Fifty. Yeah. Just to make it a fair sport, I'll say instead of saying fifty-one, I'll say sixty. Sixty. We have done Six, sixty-two. Brett says sixty-two. Any other guesses? My actual guess is seventy-two, but my real guess, like for the game strategically, is sixty. We have done ten. Vin Diesel movies. Dang. We have done nine <laughs> Kurt Russell movies, and we have done ten Anthony Daniels movies, making that a total Let's of 80. Go. Josh, you're back in the winner circle. We'll kick it to Spoiler Man so you can decide what to pick. Take it away, Spoiler Man. My life be like. Special thank you to our patrons, Matt Troll. I don't have friends. I got family. Brother Brian. Salute their familia. Druid King. There's always room for family. Nick. You don't turn your back on family. And we're back. Josh, next week's champion. What movie will we be spoiling? Well, I thought you had some things that you're going to talk about before you just toss it right over to me. It's like when the waiter comes and he's like, can I take your order? I thought you were going to go around the other way at the table. <laughs> yeah. well, all right. Well, we'll start with the, we'll start with the ladies over here. Well, what do you want to start off with tonight? Any any apps for the table? Uh, no, Jeff, please. <laughs> it's been two hours. It's been two hours of a two and a half hour movie. I've dedicated seven hours of my life probably to this fucking horrible piece of shit. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I, um, I've wanted to do more of this director for a long time and it seems like we kind of avoid them so let's dive back in to tarantino i think i might know his best movie i think he considers it his masterpiece inglorious bastards let's go so we'll do that and i know we have another tarantino coming up pretty soon for patreon requests but i don't want to spoil what that is quite yet never seen it nice. what wow. you ever seen glorious seen bastards first, i've seen the first hour and i got i'm not gonna i got it was too tense. I had to stop it, and I have never gone back and watched wow. it. There you have it. Stevie, before we go, what's coming down the pipe? Oh, yeah. So. Babo! Babo! That's my Babo. I did, unfortunately did. It's been an awful week for me. I did uh, Freaky Deaky Pinocchio, the 2002 version, which was so god-awful as a punishment <laughs> pick. Then I had to record this. So thank you, Brett. Um, welcome that was fun yeah and uh, we have tons of i mean we're gonna be recording tons of patreons coming up there we go thanks for listening that was fast and furious pours for paul See?
I really envy Paul Walker right now. Right? Because he's... uh, You never had to watch this movie. Oh, okay. I thought it was like a slam on my singing. No. What's up? Sup. On a Was Tuesday. the director of this movie like a fill-in director? It's James Wan. James Wan? Yeah. The legendary James Wan. Big guy, yeah. James Wan. Big Hollywood guy. <laughs> director of movies that make a lot of money, James Wan. That guy. He's like a James Cameron, you know? Five, six? It's the James thing, I guess. Doesn't Justin Lin usually do these movies? Yeah. Save it for the pods. He said he couldn't get it done in time. He couldn't get six. He didn't want to have to. Save it for the pod! Oh, whatever. Ah! I I mean, I literally joined in on your conversation, but yeah, scream at me. That's cool. I wasn't screaming at you. Save it for the goddamn pod. What do you think? And no one will I hate all you guys sing. sometimes. <laughs> well, I don't know what crawled up Kathy's ass. About it, pray when you see you again. <laughs> oh. Now someone come in like Wiz Khalifa. Josh. Spit those bars. Josh is not on this call. Oh. Brett? He was. Bars? No Brett Bars. No Brett talking? I'm here. What what do you want? Spit some bars. Spit bars, no, I'm not bro. Gonna rap. I don't know the song. I don't know this movie. It's two and a half hours and it's fucking blur. <laughs> it's two and a half hours of gobbledygook. <laughs> two and a half hours of nonstop. Excitement. Ah. Gets the blood so many flowing. Ah. Do you know how many white long sleeve thermal shirts Vin Diesel had to go through to film this? 87. Yes, he looked pudgy in every single scene. <laughs> but this that doesn't matter. Hi, Jack. Better be rolling. Mm-hmm. It is. I mean, I'm on the oh, Mac. she is. Back on the Mac. Working on Claw 3 of Seven Furious Claws. For- <laughs> <laughs> Easy, Mikey. <laughs> <For this breakdown. laughs> All right. Um, Let me grab some water. Right yeah. back. I'm trying to see if this one. will last me. One. One. Man, I sound even better like when I play it back on Audacity than I do in my head. Do ya? What do you, huh? <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was, uh, well, no, perhaps probably gonna bring it up. Big Tuesday night pod energy. Feel it. 
Oh, yeah. It showed a what a workshop, Sean Boswell's hairline. Let me just go right into the plot, actually. <laughs> so the movie opens up, and we see Letty and Dom. Stop! All right, I'm ready. Actually, that's not even where it opens anyway. Check, check. Check. Uh, no, it's not where it opens. <laughs> check. Brother Jordan is normally on these, right? Check, check. Doesn't Jordan used to give them all yeses? I know he was on Too Fast, and I think he was on mine, which was Fast Five. I don't think, I think he, he was, was on the on... first one they did. Fast Eight or whatever. No, he picked one of them, right? He hosted Fast Eight with his now wife. You mean the fate of the eight? Fate. Guys, okay. It's fate of the furious. Okay. It's fate of the eight. My life is like, ooh wee. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> that makes me so uncomfortable. <laughs> Josh, if you could go ahead and never do that again, that check, 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 that'd be great. That's how I check the audio every time. That's how you check the audio. Is it? Never heard that noise out of you. I don't ever want to hear it again. Jeez. Much like this movie, a one-off, Josh. One time. Oh, what does that mean, <laughs> a one-off? I don't ever want to watch this movie again. We're all wow. sad about Paul Walker, Stevie. Are we? But we I can am. try to hold it together. You know? <laughs> I'm just curious like, why this is significantly worse than all the other ones you gave yeses to. That I'm curious to learn about. I don't think I gave Too Fast, Too Furious a yes. Four, you gave a yes. Everyone gave four a yes. Stop pandering pre-pod. Pre-pod pandering. Uh, I'll be right back. Who's PPPing? Not me. Is everything all right, Kylos? Yeah. Okay. Pre-pod. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I still stand by my stance that Tokyo Drift is still the best one. It's the only one people can remember from the others. Yes. The rest are a blur. I guess that's true. Yeah, because it's the one that basically time travels. It introduces time travel to the franchise. <laughs> Nobody right, knew I'm it back. took place seven years ahead. The next isn't the next one of the series three and a half hours. It's like an hour longer than this. Didn't you see it in theaters, Pap? Sorry, I meant like nine. Oh, F nine. Is that what they're saying? I thought it was like a three and a half hour movie. Are they bringing Paul Walker back? It's been a long time. Oh my god, it is. It's like three. It's an three hour longer. Holy shit. <laughs> it's 50% longer than the movie you just oh watched. Oh my god. So we have that going for us, which is nice. <clears throat> what is? The next F9. Uh, F9. 
Oh, nice. Does it have an intermission? (laughs) (laughs) I guess I'll keep the claws at home. There's like an overture and like an intermission. (laughs) F9, it says 225. I'm I'm on Google. It says 323. I'm just going by what is on IMDb. That might be true. Why are... Why is this called the extended version? But then when I found the other version, it's the same exact length. Did you watch the extended version? Because I didn't. I didn't. It's the same I length. I didn't know there was. My my Blu-ray has had both. Uh-oh. You guys get that like the scenes at the end with at the beach and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I think. Well, that's in the theatrical. I think the extended version is just 10 more seconds of that blue thong ass shot. I think well, that's probably what you got, Josh. There's a lot of asses. It's the heart the of the running time. Actually, the regular one said it was one second longer than the extended cut. <laughs> so, one second I less of booty. Is it called extended because that scene's longer, or is it because it extends your penis hey now. to the max length? Hey now. All right, I'm rock hard and ready to go. Extend your penis to its max length. <laughs> <laughs> so technical. That's like a All scientist right. describing a boner. This has been fun so far. <laughs> right. It's a regular hey, street fight. You made fight. me laugh. Sorry for laughing at your joke. Uh, you were laughing at me. The thing about street fights is... Street always wins. Oh, I have a good meme for that. Uh, you know that that Vin Diesel's commercial when he was playing with Street Sharks. Mm. The thing about Street Sharks, and then it's going to cut to the other part. The street always wins. I don't know. It'll be better once it's made. <laughs> <laughs> meme. This has been memes for the blind. <laughs> Uh, you kind of had to be all right, there. So in your mind's eye, there's a naked Lara Croft. <laughs> <Yeah>. Okay. <laughs> you have a picture. I'm ready. Uh, okay, I'll count down. Three, two, one, go. That was spoilers.